podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's Andy Campbell! It's in! Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero! A superhero! Breakthrough! It's taken a while, but it's been worth the wait for Cardiff City! Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 82. The show is available live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter and Periscope. Ace Podcast Nation is also home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're, we're getting there as we get on our quest to get to the first long-term target and um, of course you can follow the show if you just want to talk football at AC Footy Show and that's on all social media platforms and uh, of course the radio and uh, podcasting platforms for the audio versions of all the shows uh, including the new Mental Health in Sport which we dropped a new episode yesterday with uh, none other than Mr Andy Campbell um, and just as we wait for all those platforms to fill up um, a big shout out to Black Diamond Sports for their help and support around the show. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. Uh, for more information, you can visit their social media pages. The links are in the description and uh, the closing credits. And of course, their brand spanking new website. And uh, the sponsor for today's show, as ever, Bespoke Financial. And uh, here is a, a quick word from them. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick. Then we'd get enough money to take care of us, and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Bespoke Financial specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and of course sports cover and uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show as ever and uh, I believe, I'm sure someone will tell me, but uh, we can see my beautiful face this week after uh, the mishaps of Friday. I don't know what was going on with that but uh, I was just a pixelated blur. Uh, but uh, I, I believe you can all see me now. I'm sure someone will tell me if they can't. But uh, good, with no good, further ado... It's not a good thing, Sai. <laughs> it was better when it was blurred. It's just a blob. Um, joining me as ever, my co-host. The, the co-host with the most. The fox in the, the box. The, the predator. No, that sounds wrong. The, the gold predator. The, the king of the Millennium Stadium, David Jones's favourite son, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, 
Mr. Andy Campbell, how goes it, my friend? Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, this is a, an interesting journey from uh, from our guest, which uh, I'm really interested to talk about. And he's, uh, well, to be honest, I'm quite jealous because uh, he sent me a video over uh, yesterday of something that I always wanted to do, two things I always wanted to do. One was play at Wembley, um, and then what goes with Wembley is the chance to score at Wembley, which has just been unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I didn't get to do it. Uh, I take them Leonard Stadium, by the way. I've never ever swapped that moment ever in my life. But you know, there's just there's just certain things in your life, isn't there? Dreams and aspirations, and um, people are on about regrets. You can't have a regret of something that wasn't in my uh, in, in my in my control. But I would have loved to uh, to walk out the twin towers. Would have loved it. Yeah, and I guess as a as an Englishman and as an English child, you're going to have grown up dreaming of playing at Wembley, and you. Um, yeah. Did you I ever play there for for the under twenty ones? They ever play Wembley? No, no, no. The the, the closest I got, uh, which was like a bit of a tease, um, I was seventeenth man in the in the Carling Cup final for Middlesbrough against Leicester as a seventeen year old boy. So I was disappointed, but I understood why because when people yeah. like Ravenelli, Janino, Mikel Beck um, keep you out the side, it's... who are they? What have they ever done? You take on the chin, you know. Yeah, what have they ever done? Yeah. Um, tonight's guest. Is a Guyana international has played for clubs such as Fulham, MK Dons, Oldham, of course Newport County, local to me, and uh, currently at Memphis. I think it's Memphis nine oh one, and uh, is Keanu Marsh Brown. Welcome, Keanu. How are you, mate? I got good. Good and so. Yeah, great to have you on, mate. Great to have you on. Um, is that me? right, Memphis nine oh one? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it was like. I know. I don't know what else it would be other than nine oh one, but like yeah. Memphis something. Memphis nine oh one. It's a good name. I like how it. Long, how long? How long have they been going? Keanu, do you know how long? They've um, been? This was a this was their second season now. Yeah, I thought it was. So I thought they were yeah. newly yeah, newly yeah. renovated. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting times over the states, isn't it? You know that um, obviously with the uh, the MLS taking off, the USL is just massive in comparison to. Um, where it was obviously years ago, you know what I mean, with new side wanting to get um, the franchise um, over the US. But there's some some big names, yeah. isn't there? Some big names over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's some big names playing and some local clubs obviously taken over the, the clubs as a franchise. Yeah. As part owners, obviously, my club, we had Tim Howard as a part owner, sporting director. And then you've got like David Dennis, uh, he's got his own club now um, over there, Nan Donovan. So I've got yeah. American footballers are are going into that route. How, how important is that, um, Keanu, to uh, to raise the profile of uh, American soccer, so to speak? You know, because I, mean? I know I know people get confused, don't they, when you say American football because people think you start yeah. chucking a mm. chucking a rugby ball around or whatever it is. But um, how important is it then for the for the profile and and getting it out there by having those high profile soccer players? No, I think it's good that um, obviously they played at the highest level possible and they're going back back there and uh, trying to make an impact at that level and trying to bring people overseas to come and play also over in America yeah but um, when you're in from the UK and you look over into the into America and you think USL you don't think as much of it until you get there and you start playing and you realize it's actually a very good league yeah. Well, we've well, had a few um, what sort of crowds do they sorry, get, sorry. mate? Sorry, um, and I was just going to ask. I was wondering what sort of crowds they get, like in the MLS, or just on a regular Saturday. So, at Memphis, we was averaging obviously the first home game before the pandemic. We had fourteen and a half for the home game. That's pretty good, isn't it? Which is excellent. Like, it's excellent, like, isn't it? 
if you think of like League Two, League One, I think you may you may be getting that as like a Bradford City, a big yeah, game Bradford or blows them away. Yeah, the, like the away. big clubs. Yeah, when I was at yeah. Newport, it's, you're averaging maybe two, two and a half, three cars in a game. Is that why teams? You know, I mean, I, I know we're going to talk about your career in a minute. I'm just fascinated by uh, like what you're saying, but um, is that do you think why teams in the in the UK struggle a little bit? Keanu, that you know you spend, mentioned Newport, Forest Green, for example, two your two your former clubs who would would absolutely love to have those kind of attendances because it would make the club bigger, it would generate more money, which then they could utilise in various ways. Yeah, definitely. I think if if clubs had a big fan base, obviously it's difficult because if you look at Newport, the closest club to them is Cardiff, so a lot of the fans go there. But if they did have a big fan base, it would help those sort of clubs out massively, massively. When you were when you were, when you were at Newport, did you live in Newport or did you live uh, in Cardiff? Uh, I lived in Newport. Did you? Just uh, so a bit closer to Bristol, yeah, but Just right cu- now, curious, I'm yeah. near the training ground and stay Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fine. Yeah. Um, uh, are we go we go straight into uh, yeah, yeah, go straight for it, mate. Magnificent seven. So um, seven questions to get uh, get the viewers um, a little bit more aware of uh, KMB nine. Indeed. So the magnificent seven for uh, Keanu Marsh Brown, uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Um, for me, I'd have to be louder. And uh, then I got a new a new question. This one, uh, it's going to be a tricky one, I reckon. And uh, it is: if you had to name an honest title for your autobiography now, what would it be? What's well, a tricky one, that? It is, isn't it? It's uh, brutal. Mm. I, I, I think, what I, I would yours be, Andy, while uh, Keanu thinks? I think I could name his. I could, I could name his. Yeah. I think I, I would just go simple. I would go that. I would go the KMB9 and I just I, what, what he's got on social media. Because anybody who's watching this show, by the way, who doesn't follow um, Keanu on social media platforms, by the way, follow him. Uh, and I, he'll, give him, he'll give you the details at the end on all the platforms, what he has, because it's exhilarating to see how fresh... Um, I sound cool now, don't I? Um, how fresh and, and, and new some people's ideas are. You know, this is a 41-year-old man who's, who's starting to get into social media. Uh, but no, it's really, it's really impressive. I like it. Uh, what would mine be? Um, I, I, I'm going number. I'll go, I'll go 114th Oof. for the playoff final. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Really what would, uh, really any, yeah. any ideas for you, Keanu? What would yours be? I'm stuck on it. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, I probably would have something like maybe just Keanu. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nice yeah, I like and that. simple. Like uh, Favourite TV show? Um, at the moment, I'm watching Lucifer. I bet, I bet you watched all the episodes. Unbelievable. This week. I bet you better watch them all this week. <laughs> no, well, near enough, yeah. <laughs> near enough. Uh, t- t- tell, while we're on this as well, Keanu, t- tell, tell everybody, obviously, you've... Uh, you've come back from the States recently, so tell everybody what you are doing for the for the, for the, for the foreseeable. Yeah, the, so obviously the last, what, three, four days ago, I've just been back into the UK, so um, obviously we've got to go back into lockdown, like a little quarantine for two weeks. So me, my fiance, and the little, the little girl are just in the house, literally just chilling, watching TV, eating, as you do, going out for a little walk and just doing, sticking to the rules, basically. Sticking to the rules. 
Sounds good, doesn't it? But it's, it's, it, you know what? This this would have sounded good about six months ago, but now it sounds like absolute torture, and I couldn't do it. I'll be honest. You know, I yeah. thought I thought it, yeah. I thought that sounded like a dream six months ago. That was an absolute yeah. nightmare. And I can't. I wouldn't. Well, I can't do it. Can't do it. The, the crazy it. thing is, when I was in USA, obviously it was the same thing. We was on lockdown, but I was going out for a run, going out for runs down by the beach or yeah. down the river. I just had that little bit of like freedom. But now it's yeah. just when you're in the house, it's like I'm really stuck in that. Yeah, difficult, man. It's difficult. I don't, yeah, uh, difficult. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't envy that because it's, uh, it's, it's difficult as well with kids as well because fresh air, um, you know, and it's difficult and sticking to the rules. It's, it's important because obviously this, this is not going away unless we do something about it. And you know, that's why we have to keep going into yeah. lockdown, mate, because yeah. people can't stick to the rules. But anyway, that's exactly. another subject. Uh, so Lucifer, by the way, is cracking choice. Uh, angriest teammate. Angriest. Probably Dale Bennett. Played for <laughs> Watford in the Championship and then oh, that that for a screen, but he was probably the angriest guy I've ever known in football. <laughs> uh, least f- uh, favourite manager to play for? Uh, probably Adrian Pennock. And uh, least nice. favourite least favourite manager to play for, which is a bit this a bit naughty. That is when you're still playing. Should have taken that one out really. I don't <laughs> least favourite to play for. That could uh, be very I've well, got two. It? I've got two. I've there got you, two you go. to be honest. Got to That's why I like to yeah. Oh. Early doors. Coaching, <laughs> I would say like coaching wise, probably one of one of the best coaching, like mentally get into your head and take you to another level, be Mark Cooper. But after a while playing for him as a man management for a player. Like mm. that's a lot of words I'd probably want to say. <laughs> <laughs> And he has got that reputation, one. though, Keanu. He has got that reputation. It'll be quite hard and quite tough. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Which which comes across. You know what I mean? We've had we've had a few people on here um, who've who've been quite honest and been been open about um, the kind of managers, man management in particular. You know what I mean? It's so key, especially yeah. with twenty twenty now. You know what I mean? Players, it's yeah. old school management about. Uh, you know what I mean? We're, we're, I was brought up on that, and uh, sometimes you need an arm around your shoulder and a little bit of love and a little bit of care and attention. It doesn't really always happen. Yeah, it's one of them. But to be fair, I enjoyed my time down there, and like obviously we got promoted in that team, so I'll, I'll never forget yeah. that. But yeah, totally. Yeah. And then um, the last question is uh, the greatest Guyana player to ever play. Um, well, I've been I've been in the squad probably a year and a half now. Um, yeah. All right, I'd change it then. Who's the who's, who's the best player you've played with in that year? Probably, probably Neil Dance. He had like he had a great he had a great uh, Gold Cup tournament. He scored three goals in three games. He had a great career and as well, been, didn't he? Mm. He had a great yeah, career. Yeah, he's, a, he's had a great. He's been, every great time we've played, he's been consistent in the yeah. games. So and now he's got himself on uh, Sky Sports. I saw uh, two. Is it two weeks ago? He got himself on weeks uh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer Saturday. Night. And do you know what? I thought he did yeah. really well. I thought he he, he uh, commentated on the Tranmere game as well. I thought he did a really good job. I thought he was very honest, very open, and he's a likable fella. You know that I think. Uh, I think he's better than Matt Letizia, mate. Probably the scouts that comes out of him, which is which is which is nice. You know what I mean? And he's he's probably one of the yeah, easiest yeah, yeah. ones to understand. But he's uh, that was very. Yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoyed he's watching. A nice him. guy. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Good shout. I um, I was looking at like like the just on Wikipedia of the the Guyana squad earlier, and there's some really talented players in that squad. Like, um. What's kind of like the aims with that 
um, with this with that team going forward now in the next year or so because obviously Guyana is not the biggest uh, country and biggest name in international football, but they you yeah. know they've improved massively over the years as you know as the years have gone by. Like what is what are their aims in the next couple of years? So I think from last year. Uh, uh, when we had the Gold Cup, we kind of got like, a core squad together, which players that would never have been called up or never have thought about playing got together. And I think that was down to the, one of the head of recruitment guys, Faisal Khan, and then coach at the time was that Michael Johnson, who's now working with in the under 21s with AD Proof. He's doing he's, 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 he's had a he's had a really he's had a really really strong uh, few years, hasn't he, Michael? You know what I mean? That he's uh, that he earned his stripes. And, and yeah. when he when he got the job, that he. Uh, he recruited really well, um, got the right players in the right positions, yeah. uh, and obviously used his network um, of the UK um, yeah. and around the world um, to get the best was, players. Yeah. Because and, and that's key, mate, isn't it? For me, because as a manager, as a coach, you want to excel, and how can you excel by um, sticking with um, players who aren't playing at as high level as other players? You know, you want to you want to pick the best players available, and that's. Um, from people whose uh, parents or, got, or grandparents were uh, were born in, in the yeah. country, then you know what I mean. So be it. It, it happens all over. It's happened for England, it happens for Wales, it happens yeah. for Scotland. You know. So for me, you, you've got to you've got to utilise it. Yeah, I think I think the, the goal for us now is to to qualify for another World Cup, which is next year, two thousand and twenty-one, um, and just keep how that core players together. How achievable is that? Well, we done it for the first, the, the club there for the um, country's history. That was the first time we done it last year, yeah. and that was an amazing feeling because we qualified at home for the country, and just for everyone, like on a personal note, like you can remember that for the rest of your life, you know. And it is achievable again if you look at our group that we got. I don't see why not, why we can't qualify again and go even further and try and push for a World Cup qualifications because the way it's set up now, I totally agree. It's a bit easier for for teams yeah. to to get in there. I totally agree. Uh, what were the celebrations like back in Guyana? Were the, were the, was it crazy? Was, it, was everybody treated like kings and heroes because of what happened? Yeah, I think it's, it's the craziest thing I've ever experienced in football because everyone just swarmed the pitch. Um, I, played the, I played the game with my older brother, he turned the back. So that was like a, a proud family moment. Even and better, he's the yeah. one that taught me how to play football, yeah. So then... Um, the fans came on the pitch and then, uh, we had like a big celebration after and we just had a massive party. We just had in the hotel, we just had a massive party in the hotel. Well, that was, uh, that was probably one of the questions I was going to ask you um, later on, but well, I'll just focus on now because you've gone on about it. So, um, obviously, you know what I mean, highlights of your career, you know what I mean, family family moments, you know what I mean, people who inspire you to, um, to become the person that you've been now and the player that you've, be, that you've become. So, did your brother have that much of an influence on on your playing football then, you know what I mean, obviously, and then the dream and the aspiration to play alongside him in the same side and, yeah. and get the get the result and the um, and the performance that he needed to, to achieve greatness, really. Yeah, I think he was the, he's the main reason, I think, when I can think of it, I think I was like four or five years old when I had like maybe three or four, I had a nappy on and he always used to take me outside and I would just be kicking the ball to him or just doing what he was doing and then I got to an age when I was like six, seven, and I'm going to play with his friends. I'll be getting battered around, but it made me more stronger the way I am. And when I go to play now, I've always got that mentality in my head from growing up. And 
learning the things he taught me how to play and always keeping up with me. So he was probably the main reason why I played football, yeah. Which is uh, which is it's just refreshing. You know, it reminds me a little bit of uh, of my upbringing with my brother. Um, that I I knew I had the same thing for myself that I'd be playing with his mates and and they'd get bullied around and get kicked around. But it, it, it gets you ready for it and it gives you something that you can aspire to and and, and be able to for me to know what's coming next. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Which is key. Uh, which is key. Um, so, sorry, we've got uh, we've got a few things um, that we want to discuss, haven't we? You know, what I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's been a, there's been a few things what have happened um, this week. Do you want to start us off? Just select the first one or so, the first one. Yeah, there's the all all these subjects. There's kind of uh, I think we're going to get some opinions on all of them. Um, so we'll start off nice and light. Um, obviously, on Friday. Um, we discussed Harry Maguire and his nightmare start to the season. And really, since post-lockdown, he's had an absolute nightmare. He got arrested. He's been dreadful on the pitch. He scores among goals, been sent off. Um, and we discussed whether... So, Friday night, we discussed whether he should play. Should they take him out of the firing line a bit, just to let him get his head together? And um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer stuck with him, kept the faith, backed him. Uh, he scored a fantastic goal. And uh, I thought he was excellent. Uh, and I think that shows an incredible mentality because he isn't just in a bad run. He's in a, he was in a horrific run of just about on and off the pitch. Nothing was going right for him. And I think it takes a real, basically, balls of steel, mate, to, to mm. go and do that for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. I thought it was outstanding. I don't know what, uh, what do you think, Ant? Because obviously I asked you Friday um, and you seem to be kind of leaning towards backing him and keeping him in but you could also see the logic to keep you know giving him a break as well yeah uh, when I saw the team you know, and I look for the team I don't normally look for the sides I wasn't, I wasn't that bothered but it was the first name that I looked for um, mm. on Saturday night and I thought fair play to Wally to give him a, to give him another shot um, if he'd have been on the bench I'd have gone fair play to Wally for pulling him out so you know what I mean he was in a he was in a no-lose situation I don't think you know what I mean on Saturday but he was in a no he was in a no-win situation as well if he'd have played badly the manager would have looked absolutely stupid. And the way the game started with the, the losing the goal after a minute, put more yeah. pressure on the back four, the way that it went in off Luke Shaw. I know it was nobody's fault, but it puts more pressure just on the pressure, team and, and on individual. And I thought Harry was just magnificent. I thought he led his led the line really well. He, he, he won his headers, won his battles, scored a very good goal. It's a proper centre-back's yeah, goal, Yeah, dominant. And do you know what? He, he was, I, think, I think basically what he did is, is shoved two fingers up to everybody and shows how good he is. But for now... Just go and kick on now. Go and kick on. Go and put all this to bed. Go and put this Greek Greece situation to bed. Go and put the England sending off to bed. And just go and be the best footballer that he, that he is. And, and he's shown everybody for years because he's very talented. He's just, for whatever reason, you know what I mean, maybe he needs this to, to kick-start his season. You know what I mean? Forget what people are saying. You know what I mean? You don't become a bad player overnight. No. And he's, uh, he's, he's very talented and, um, and he's had an amazing career and I expect him now to kick on again. Yeah, and I think the other thing, aspect to it is that he had a good season last year. Um, United haven't started very well either, which don't help. Um, Keanu, did you see the United game on, was it Saturday night? Saturday night, yeah. Yeah, I caught up um, with the highlights. I watched the match of the day and a bit after that, so I caught up on that. Um, what did you think of Maguire's performance and the pressure? Yeah, I think he had a, a strong performance. I think it takes a lot of guts to, to go out there, or especially he's a captain, so a lot of eyes are going to be on him. And to play the way he did, obviously got the goal, so that would be massive for his confidence. And I think it's just his managers had faith in him. Obviously, his teammates are backing him, and that's what it is. I think it's English media just 
they just kill kill their players which should be protecting. Like yeah, he could be England's captain and the media are the first ones to just slander him all the time and, and they think I know he's been having a few bad games but they could make it a bit better by protecting and not putting him on the back page all the time. You yeah, said that kind of about uh, sales, yeah. you said that about 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 um the manager backing his player, uh, obviously Oli back yeah. um having at the weekend. Um how important is it for yeah. a manager to back a player for a player's mentality more than more than the other side? Yeah that's it's massive I think. I've been there where you've not had you've not had a few good games and the man I've had it both ways. The manager's pulled me pulled me out and your confidence just gets shot. It could go the other way, like your confidence gets shot. You don't go back in the team, you get like fifteen minutes here and there and you're thinking, Oh, am I really a bad player? Or the manager sticks you sticks with you, puts you in, gives you that faith, that confidence and you start repaying because you think, Oh, this guy like he's got faith in me, he appreciates me as a player and then you start you would know as a player yourself when you play for the manager you're like I'll do anything for him you know what I mean I've always said all along you know I mean I always, I always use the same terminology that the, the players run through brick walls for managers who who go the extra mile for a player you know if a, if a manager backs yeah. you and backs you publicly um, in house and publicly you know what I mean you'll go yeah. above and beyond and it's absolutely a credit to, to Ollie and to his players that um, you know what I mean he made he made some huge calls at the weekend by the way si. dropped he dropped, boys, he dropped he? five players he dropped the World Cup winner um, he put some people in. So Daniel easiest, James was in there. The easiest decision was to, to drop Harry Maguire or to rest Harry Maguire. Yeah. Because you know I mean? he didn't say he dropped Paul Pogba. So it would have been yeah. very easy to do that. But he didn't. He did it because he, he picked the side which he thought would win the game. And yes, they, they left things till late. But they absolutely battered Newcastle for long periods. Yeah, it could have been you know a I mean? lot so, more, couldn't it? Let's be. The, the, the result matched the performance, you know what I mean, regardless when they scored. Yeah. And, and it, for me, it paid over the cracks for Newcastle to score in three, three late goals. Yeah. But they battered them for the, from the first to the last. And it was the worst thing Newcastle did was score after two minutes. Yeah. Here's, um, I want to throw this question to you too quickly. Um, kind of links into this game. Um, so, Football Premier League fans, specifically at the moment, if you've got the full Sky package, it's about 80 quid a month. Um, BT then another what twenty quid a month. It, a lot of Premier League clubs you have to keep paying your season tickets. Keep that, so like that can be anything from forty to eighty quid a month. Um, if you were a United fan on Saturday, the only way to watch Man United play was then to pay fifteen quid on top of that. So on top of all that monthly outgoings, and this is while you know half the country's in lockdown, and people are being furloughed and all this sort of thing. What like what do you think of that? Like to me. I just think from the out, you know, I'm a complete outsider when it comes to football. I'm just a fan. But, like, to me, I think it's ridiculous and I think it's taking the mech out of the fans, so, like, more than they ever have. I, I find it, it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. But I wondered what, like, you guys do, obviously, as an ex player and a current player, how you feel about it. Um, Keanu, go on, we'll go to you first on that, mate. What, like, what do you think of it? I probably might, the way I think about it. You'd probably think I'm a bit mad, but coming from like people that work at Sky Sports, but I think the way the world is right now and what everyone's going through, I think they should put some of these games just live free on TV. Because what are it's people going to be doing on the weekends? They're going to be at home bored. Do you put Which football on the TV or the sports? Which they did, yeah. by the way. They did, they did that. Yeah. They did it on BBC. They put put some rubbish games on, but they were still it didn't free. last long though, did it? Yeah, <laughs> and and you you can imagine that if you if they looked at the viewers that actually was watching the game, it probably went up. Because they'd be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this game. 
yeah, yeah. totally agree totally agree well, I know I know my dad's in the uh, my dad watching because he just sent me a message there um, saying he's very impressed with the guest which is great but um, we watched uh, we did a in lockdown we did a lockdown zoom call with um, all the lads my dad jumped on board we all got a lad or two we watched uh, Bournemouth against I think it was Bournemouth against Norwich game um, yeah. which was nice that we all instead of going to the pub together which we always used to do and we, we watched a game together which was great but um, yeah. Sorry, would I expect any football fan to pay about two hundred pound a month to watch to watch me play a game? No, it's I wouldn't. Disgusting, mate, I, I it? wouldn't. I'd be absolutely just. I'd be absolutely distraught. And if I didn't play well or I didn't perform, I'd be. I'd feel a little bit of guilt as well because it's not just about picking my money up; it's about entertaining. Um, and yeah. I, I look at the Leicester City game against Aston Villa last night. Same thing again. You're paying to watch a drab game, you know. Yes, there's two good sides playing, and there's some very good footballers on show. But it's a drab game. If I'm going to pay money, I want to watch a five-all draw. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, it, it, and then you probably would pay it, but you don't know before you before you start doing it. And I'm I'm disappointed with the FA. I'm disappointed with the Premier League. I'm disappointed with um, with the clubs because this big project the clubs uh, are saying about um, passing money down to EFL clubs. Well, how about supporters of their own clubs? You know what I mean? They're yeah. doing them a disservice for me and charging them extortionate amounts of money all the time by yeah. by doing it's this. Expensive you know I mean? enough paying for Sky. In it, at the end yeah. of the day, yeah. Listen, listen, yeah. listen. If you didn't have to pay for your season ticket, then I could, I could understand it. But you don't pay your season ticket, you lose your seat. Someone else takes it over. When lockdown's finished and COVID's gone away, you, you, you can't can't watch your beloved side again anymore. And I, I just think it doesn't sit right with me. Does it potentially? Yeah. Do you think it potentially could drive fans away from the game when fans are allowed back into stadiums? Because like, if you just followed social media Saturday and Sunday, there was a lot of fans saying I'm not paying it and like kind of protesting it and I just wonder whether you're running the risk of when fans are allowed back in they turn around and say well no you know you you took the mick when when we couldn't come and watch you why should we now fork out and I just think it's a bit of a risk like go on that obviously fans will be allowed back into the stadium but their situation might still be the same they could still be furloughed and still be going through a lot of things on the outside world. Obviously, that football is a bit Ooh. of an outlet for release. But if they've been treated the way they did, the same way if you're a player, you get treated the same like a certain mm. way by a club, or you're going to feel like a bit of disrespect, mm. and you're not going to want to do yeah, it yeah. if you want to. Hundred percent. You're going to feel absolutely like bang on, absolutely bang on, and that. You know what I mean? For me, football's got to come together. You know what I mean? They've got to come together. So the charging, the charging um, Premier League games. What's next? Playoff final. Championship games, top championship yeah. games, top EFL FA, games. Can you imagine FA Cup final? Can you imagine that? The thing that I don't get is there's so much money in the Premier League and in the FA and Premier League, EFL, blah, blah, blah. One of the transfers, say, in the Premier League, if they donated, like, say you buy a player for, like, 40 mil, 30 mil, if they donated, like, a transfer fee, Championship League, one, League two, that was sorted out for a, a long time. You know what I mean? Like clubs in there. 100%. Can you be listening? You must and have been listening to uh, some of our previous shows because I'm. Mm. Listen, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or follow him on social media, but Simon Jordan is the most um, mm. underrated, opinionated, opinionated football person in the world. He, he had an idea of doing a Netflix idea. I love him. I love him, to be honest. I and he's got a crush on yeah, Simon Jordan. But you know what? Yeah. He, he, he's a businessman. He talks sense, and he looks after the supporters of the football clubs. And listen, mm. if you pay if you pay ten pound ninety nine a month, and you can get every single game that you want to watch because every team's got their own stream and every team's got their. Oh, listen, that's that's the way that we want to watch football. 
because people yeah. will find a way, by the way. And there's a few comments in the group yeah, chat, 100%. which we can see. People will find a way watching games. Oh, people yeah. can find a way was, doing I it. Was fi- I was finding a way in America. Like, I was seven hours ahead. Exactly. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get, I had to wake up like six in the morning and I was going on, on in there on like these dodgy sites just to try and watch yeah. a Premier League mm-hmm. game. Well, that's all it'll do is drive people to watch streams, basically. Well, isn't it? Yeah, They'll it find, get, whether it's Fire Sticks or well, IPTV, one whatever thing, it may one be. One thing I think was, that was good was um, the Amazon Prime account. So yeah, I had an I Amazon Prime account. I think I played. I paid like I think it was like seven ninety nine a month. Yeah. And then they started putting the Premier League games live on there. Yeah. I think and good games as well, by the way. Yeah, some decent, and the, some decent games. Yeah. Some good the thing games. is with that yeah. is a lot of people have got Amazon Prime anyway. So what you yeah. find then is you you're getting rewarded for having something which you've already got, and yeah. you get Premier League games. You're not having to. It's not like an extra expense, or if it is, like you say, it's like seven ninety nine a month, not eighty quid on Sky or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But we got lots to talk about, so we're going to move on. Um, next, I think we'll go to where uh, we'll go to Sergio Aguero, Aguero versus Sean Massey. Obviously, um, friend of the show and uh, co-host of the Kevin McNaughton Show uh, on Ace Podcast Nation. Little plug: revamped, unscripted, uncensored shows coming soon. Um, obviously, Kev flattened Sean Massey a couple of years ago unintentionally. Um, so I, after seeing the reaction to Sergio Aguero placing his hand on the back of her neck, uh, I wonder what reaction Kev would have had if that had happened in today's today's current climate. Um, before I have my rant, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you two gentlemen have your say on it. Um, Andy, we'll go to you first this time. Uh, what did you make of the incident between? Aguero and uh, Sean Massey, but also the the reaction from pundits, social media, etc. Um, what did I think of it? There wasn't an incident to think about. It was just there was absolutely zero in it, nothing in it for me. Um, and the reaction is so it's outrageous. You know what I mean? There, there was there was there was people over exaggerating about what he'd done. He's touched a female, and then people backing him saying he's done nothing wrong. You know what I mean? The people making a big thing out of nothing. Um, uh, the way that I look at it is 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 that the the distance uh, between officials and players nowadays is is outrageous. You know that you can't even have a conversation with them without even having a little bit of fun and a little bit of banter. You know, what I mean? I'm not I'm not saying what he's done is 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 right or it's wrong. What I'm saying is I don't think in that instant he did anything wrong to determine and to get all this kind of abuse that he's doing wrong. Um, and he's done wrong. And I look at um, loads of female comments on social media that are backing him, saying that um, um, it shows it shows respect. You know what I mean? Because he would have done it to a female linesman, referee, whatever, whoever that may be. You know, and I, I just think something big's been been made of it, which shouldn't have, and that's going to cause a bigger problem if we're not, if we're not careful. Kiana, what did you make of it, mate? Similar, similar to Andy, I think. In the heat, in the moment, in the game, when you're in that in that game moment, something a decision don't go your way, and you're right there. You be like ref, like liner. You might put your hand on him, you might touch him. You're not doing it in a certain way. Obviously, I know it's a woman, but like you said, it's taken it. It took a day, like 24 hours, and then everyone's come out of the woodwork and trying to blow it up yeah. and make it. Mm. And if you look at the Sergio Aguero, you know he's not that kind of person. You know what I mean? Mm. He's not that kind of character to yeah. to do anything. I and the way he done like... it as well, he didn't go to and grab her and be like, yeah. Like, check her. I um. Like... You could also look at where where he touched her. You know that you know what I mean. It, it wasn't anywhere inappropriate. It was yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? So you, well, it's a bigger picture. I saw some comments on social media from, like, not just fans, but pundits and journalists and stuff. Um, I didn't like some of the, like, the implications that were being made. Like, that he had done something, like, massively, like, inappropriate. And it was, like, it was just, like, really blowing it up. But not just blowing it up that he put his hands on an official as such. But also it was, like, it was, like, this really seedy kind of... Like, it was just, I didn't like it at all. I thought there was nothing in it. And I just thought, like, you just... But that's what he's done, just, say, hasn't he? That's what he's done. He's, he's put done a, nothing. He's put his hands on an official. That's, that's what he's done. That's it. But, you know what I mean? But to me, it was like, I, I don't know, maybe I misinterpreted it. But to me, it just looked like it was like a friendly arm on the shoulder while he was waiting for the ball. And it was a kind of like... Whatever he said, whether it was come on, that was our throw, or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, come on, come on, linesman, that's our ball. And, and yeah. listen, it was I nothing where, like I think where officials aggressive. are aggressive. and ref, how mouthy they are on the pitch, and like you said, you can't even speak to them. Mm. I think if it was an issue, she would have radioed it in straight away and said, and said to the ref on the pitch or to the fourth, and then he either would have got booking or dealt with after the game straight away. But. Mm. Because you can get yellow card and red carded after the game now, so I think if it was that much of a, an issue for her, she would have she would have said something. She would have said something, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Andy John there says we're all correct. Yeah, well, uh, Donna, Donna makes a good point. There, there you yeah. go. You know what I mean? And uh, Donna's a, a keen watcher of the show that that, that made a big of it because it's uh, made a big point of it. And Donna's a woman. You know what I mean? And Donna doesn't make. You know, listen, women have come out and they've and they backed Aguero. You know what I mean? So it would be the other way around, and people would. You know what I mean? I, I do agree, but there's. That's not. I don't know. I, no, no, I don't agree. Is I found it. Infu- I found the reaction specifically infuriating. I gotta mm. say, um, and I, I did like Pep's reaction that he was like, "Ask me something else. That's ridiculous." You know, basically, get lost. Like, right, want to talk about football. Yeah. Right, let's move on. Uh, Wayne Rooney and COVID. Oh dear. Mate, Andy, uh, what are we going to do with these people? I, I, I don't get it. Don't understand a, it. Do you know what makes me mad as well? We just had a conversation here with our guest who, uh, who was doing the right thing and, and, and trying to help people out and trying to help his own family out and trying to help other people out, by the way. And then we've got somebody who's so high profile who can make such a bad judgment of error. Um, you know what I mean? Don't call do you blame out. him? Do you blame him though or do you blame his mate? I blame both. Rooney should have sent him away, should he? I blame both. I don't think you can take that risk now. I don't think you can take that risk. Unless you're 100% sure and he's in your bubble, I don't think you can take that risk with anybody because of how dangerous and how, how this is spreading. You know what I mean? Because we're getting told um, to stay within your bubble, stay within your... You know what I mean? I, I've got loads of people that I would love to go and see. You know yeah, what I haven't mean? seen if, my mum for like you know seven I mean? months, mate. If, if I, if, you know what I mean? I, 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 I see my dad over Zoom. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if... if I'd love to go and see him, but but because for health reasons and and because he's, trying he's to living stick in to an the area, rules, which, isn't it? well, we're trying to, yeah, and, and we are, and that's just it, it's not fair. But it's all right for somebody who's who's high profile to go and see the friend when you don't need to. When he not, knew that right. he had been, at the very least, his mate knew that he had been in contact with someone who had it, yeah, and from like what that. I read I yet like this it. morning, he knew he had had a phone call to say that he had it as well. Mm. So why like he it. would then go and see his friend, knowing that he's got it, I really don't yeah. know. But um, so, in your opinion, just I was going to ask you, 
should Rooney, when his mate has turned up on his door to give him this gift, it was a watch, I think, or something, should he have sent his mate away? Yeah, 100%. Just say, yeah, just leave it on the door. I'll get it in a minute. It's interesting. It's interesting, mate, because, like, I know people who are not, you know, not sticking to it. Like, Wales is tonight, they, and today they announced Wales is um, back on full lockdown for two weeks now from half term and the week after. So the kids are off school, some of them. And all the pubs and clubs are shut and that. And I saw loads of people moaning about it. And I don't want to stay on this too long. And they were saying, oh, what's the point? Blah, blah, blah. We're in lockdown again. Blah, blah. But the reason we're in, keep going backwards every time it's we get somewhere is because people, when whenever they say, right, don't do this or or stick to it, just one household in your bubble, people don't stick to it. So then yeah. the numbers or whatever spike and then they go back again. And it's like, just... Listen this to the my, guidance. But this, this, this is my issue, sir. You know what I mean? If we're if we're all going to do it, it's going to go away faster than it came. If yeah, we're if we're not going to do it, or some people aren't going to do it, it's going to linger around. If we yeah. all don't do it, it's going to be forever. But why should some people decide they're not going to do it, and some people decide they are going to do it because they're the ones yeah, who seem to get punished? Yeah. You know that. You know what I mean? That. You know what I mean? Keanu's having to isolate for two weeks. You know what I mean? In two weeks' time, when he's allowed out. We could be back in lockdown again, for example, because nobody knows what's around the corner. No, so that's unfair. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but then he could easily decide now I'm going out tomorrow because yeah. where Rooney does it. So why why shouldn't I? But it's selfish, and it's a selfish thing to do. Yeah. And he's done a selfish act. He's letting someone in in his own house. Would I let somebody in my own house? We've I've got when I've got kids, I've got I've got family, I've got a wife. Would you do it? He wouldn't. Oh, well, I wouldn't. And I'm hoping that he's not stupid enough to think that he would, especially with the responsibilities that he's got as a. Um, as a sportsman as well because he knows that he's not just um, having an impact on himself and his family he's also taking that back into Derby County tomorrow for example yeah. and he's going to infect everybody else yeah yeah yeah. he's five, 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 like I said that. yeah he should have he should have really, he really should have As like he's not um, he's not a kid is he you know Wayne like, Rooney ran, like, ran over yeah <laughs> Well, I, I'm annoyed, mate, because, like, my sister-in-law's <laughs> pregnant. I haven't seen her and my brother for months. I haven't seen my mum properly. For, I saw my mum five minutes, about a couple of months back. I haven't seen her for seven months. Like, and then I see people having parties and doing whatever they, f- they want. Oh, don't get my don't get my dad to tell her how to use Zoom. Oh, my God, it's like, <laughs> like the blind leading the blind trying to get my dad on Zoom. <laughs> well, she had a new phone yesterday. I'll just tell this quickly. She had a new phone. I phoned her yesterday. And she kept hanging up every sixty seconds. Like, just, I was like, "Are you in a bad, bad signal or bad, bad area or something?" No, I'm at home. I said, "Well, why do you keep hanging up?" And she goes, "Oh, I don't know how to work my phone." And she just, she was just hanging up the phone like every couple of seconds. Bizarre, mate. Um, and then finally, uh, I know you wanted to talk a bit about VAR because we haven't talked about it for a while. No, and to be honest, I'm, I'm glad we haven't spoken about it for a while because it means that um, it's been irrelevant. But. Um, yeah. There was uh, a couple of high-profile incidents at the weekend. Uh, one in particular was was the Liverpool, um, uh, the Liverpool derby against Everton. Um, two incidents in the game. Uh, obviously, the last goal. Uh, which listen, it's 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 black and white. It's offside because that's the way that they've done it. It's it's not offside in in layman's terms in real in real time because it's it, for me it's it's quite level. But for me, because you're putting all these daft lines on the on the pitch, it is offside, and you've got to go by the rules. Um, I didn't like what I saw earlier on uh, with uh, Jordan Pickford and the tackle on uh, Virgil van Dijk, who now needs a, a quite serious knee injury. ACL, was it? 
Yeah, which is obviously nearly yeah. 12 months out, you know what I mean? 9 to 12 months out, which is going to be horrific for him. And a huge loss to Liverpool, especially, you know what I mean? I, I looked at it, I looked at it again and thought, how could, you know what I mean? For me, just, I know it's offside, but you've still got to look at the incidents after because if if we're playing the game now and you're the referee side and you blow the whistle for offside, but I go and punch Keanu in the face, <laughs> is what, is what, just because the whistle's yeah. been blown, I've done it off the ball. So that incident like is off, it's off the ball incident. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying he did it on purpose because that's, I don't believe he does. You know what I mean? I know I know of Jordan through through other people and he's not he's not like that at all. But what he did there was horrific. You know what I mean? And, and it should yeah. have been. There's got to be a sanction for it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying send him off. I'm not saying ban him retrospectively. But someone's got to look at it and go, Oh God, that's a nasty. That's nasty. That did he mean it? Did he turn his back? Which I believe he did yeah. a little bit. And and it was it was a half-hearted tackle. Um, but. It's, it's, England's it number one, mate. Well, is he though? Honest. With his, not, not in tackling, he's not. <laughs> right, vague. There you are. Quick fire question for both you. If you had to pick your England number one now, who is it? Uh, Keanu? Probably. I like that. Um, what's his name? Is it Pope? Yeah, Nick yeah. Pope, yeah. Just kept a clean sheet tonight right. again. Yeah, I like Pope. Yeah, I would pick. I like a few. I like Ben Foster, even though he's quite old. Yeah, I like Ben I like, Foster I like as well. Ben Foster, yeah. oh, he, he should have Foster, Ben yeah. Foster should have about fifty caps for yeah. England, like in my opinion. Mm. What about you? Would you go with Pope as well, and? Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Henderson. I'll be honest, I, I really yeah, do like it. him. Uh, you know, he's not gonna, he's not playing as much now, which is gonna have a an impact on on him progressing and moving forward. He needs to play. These kind of players need to play, and he's not gonna play where he's where he is now for the for the foreseeable. Um, I do like Nick Pope, um, but yeah, David Seaman for me, always. Yeah, another one, another one who should have had a load of caps for England. I think is Tom Heaton. Um, yeah, it's hard though, isn't it? Because England, England have always been quite selfish with goalkeepers. They've always stuck by one and had the backup who never played in friendlies, he never played in, in international games, uh, qualifiers, etc. So they never really, they never really give the second or the third or the fourth choice a chance to excel and see if they can do it at that level, which is a shame. Mm. Um, we just had an influx of questions about yeah, the, uh, all, off, yeah. the offside so I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you both both forward players um, would you rather have VAR whereby if it's offside it's offside whether it's by a fingernail or or you know, or, or not if it's offside it's offside or would you rather have the old days where the linesman makes the choice and you're going to have like a bit of leeway either way and they generally will give the advantage to the attackers would you rather it just be the right decision, even if it seems pedantic at the time? Um, Keanu, what about you as a current player, obviously? Would you rather have like that VAR and the The way VAR's going now, I'd probably rather have it like how it used to be, with just the linesman making the decision. I know like, VAR is new That's a, but... a centre-forward talking that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like, the way VAR is now, for me personally, I think it should only be used in the box like set pieces or to see if there's a penalty other than that I don't think it should be used the same like, like a review like tennis when you're playing tennis just to pick up on yeah. little things other yeah. than that like, yeah, right. now they're starting to use it for I like that way for everything I like that way of thinking and they're getting, they're getting a lot of it wrong the issue I have that I have kind of is, is, is I'd, I'd hate it you know what I mean what, what your thoughts are if you scored a goal and you can't really celebrate until until you find out that definitely they've scored a goal and then by the time you find yeah. out definitely scored a goal two minutes later the that buzz in that past. moment's gone, yeah. So you 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 haven't got yeah. that buzz that you've scored a goal. And that could be your first ever goal. It could be your last ever goal, and you, 
It could be a little bit yeah, rude. Yeah. A little, uh, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. For me, Definitely. personally, I would like to go down the route of if it's going to be in and they're going to keep it in, I'd like it to be a body part. So I'd like to say, let's say feet. You know what I mean? So if your feet, if your feet are on side, you're on side. You know what I mean? Because you could be stretching for the ball. You, which body yeah. part are we talking? You know that. That for me, we we, we play you're football score without hands. Exactly. So we play football without feet, and so your feet are the part of your body which has to be offside to be on to to be offside because your feet are always going to be yeah. the other side of the defender always if yeah. they're not you're offside who did yeah, who was this incident what was this what game was this incident in Liverpool the Liverpool game Liverpool against oh, Everton Liverpool Everton yeah it was yeah, spot, it was last, on, spot on the decision last minute, last minute goal no was it you're joking <laughs> spot it's on not, decision when I say when I say last minute it was 93rd minute oh what a decision well done bar. <laughs> And it, was a, uh, and it was a mistake by Pickford as well, so he, he's got off quite lightly yeah. as well. Mm, sounds like he got away with a bit then uh, yesterday. Yeah, he did. he did, to be honest. Um, yes, well, right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's talk to our guest a bit about his career. But before we do that, let's have a couple of questions from the live chat, because there is a lot. Loads, yeah. So I'm going to scroll all the way back up to the top. Um, we'll leave that one from Gaz uh, for a bit. Probably have to wait for the post post watershed um i've seen that there yeah uh reese said uh oh no uh, he said memphis fans were cool uh what's the biggest difference between english and american football um i would probably say english is just probably a bit more physical what about That's the pitches like, what about the pitches cannon uh, the pitches in in America are probably uh, the best I've played on. Yeah, well, like, and, I'm, and I'm going I'm going on the videos, obviously that, that that I've seen the pictures that I've seen, and then I see um, obviously the pitches in the UK. Unless you're playing at Leicester yeah. City, by the way, we've got the best grounds in the world. Then the pitches yeah. don't even compare. Yeah, I think like even some of the some of the pitches, obviously in the USL, like you go to every stadium and they're top class, top. They are top. <laughs> How did you struggle? Or did you struggle with the with the conditions or weather? How did you? How did that affect you? Because obviously, um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm bear, bear in mind, say si, I'm not I'm not being um, yeah. anything, but the, obviously the weather in Cardiff is quite similar to the weather in Middlesbrough. I mean, it uh, rains a lot and it's very yeah. cold. But so how did you? How did you enjoy your just like the the weather conditions playing so, football out there? So to be honest, um, I enjoyed it a lot because it was hot at the beginning. Um, it was it was roasting. Then we got to about June, July. August time when it was just uncontrollable. It was about 35, 40 degrees, and the humidity was about ninety percent. So some, Jesus. like all the all the games, all the games would be at night, so it would cool down a bit. But we had one game at about three o'clock, and it was like the hottest point of the day. Literally every you match day, you'd I'm, not gonna yard, so, man. I'm not going to. I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for him, are we? Come on. I enjoyed it. Playing in the sun. Nah, so, to be fair though, it takes, that was, that was only lot, in Memphis. When we went yeah. to a different state, it was different. So we went to North Carolina and it was kind of like England. And you're like, oh, nice. yeah. it feels so nice. It's cold. Yeah, I bet. So is that, is that, is that, diff- is that, diff- is that difficult then, Keanu, for players, other players, I mean, American players, to um, to get used to, you know what I mean? Because obviously, your user said that you, you enjoy playing in the heat, which is fine. You went to a different state, you were fine because the conditions suited you, similar to England and the UK. So, did other and the local players, did they struggle a little bit then, going from state to state to play? Um, yeah, so I went over and was like, like it, was, it was cold, it was cold for them. Right. And they couldn't get used to the, to the weather. And then now I can imagine how 
players come from abroad and come to the UK and they're like, oh, this ain't for me because it's freezing. And they just, they can't get to a grips with it. I think it's, it's the American, it's, it's how big the country is, just fascinating for me, side because, yeah, you know what I mean, I look at, mate, I look at you know what I mean, when you, like, when you play for Newport, I bet you did some ridiculous journeys, you know what I mean, down to Carlisle and things, which is just horrible trips, yeah. but take you like yeah. three days, three days on the bus, but um, what was the, what was obviously the travelling like within America, you know what I mean, was it, was it all flying to games, you know what I mean, in, in Yeah, so we fly, and, so I think that's one of the good things, it was done so professional, when you, you think of like, when you look over there from the outside, you probably think, oh, how did, what do they do there, that they do there. So on a Thursday, we'd get on a plane um, and we'd fly. So we'd say we'd fly to Miami um, for a game. So we'd go fly, get into the hotel, or train the next day, play Saturday, then we'd leave Sunday. So we'd fly back Sunday. Yeah. So it was all done pretty professional, yeah. And then oh, like, yeah, we'd totally. take a bus trip if it was two hours, two hours, I think. Anything over two the... hours was flying. Was that the max, was it? Living the yeah. dream, mate. That's that good, is. isn't it? I think it's all right. You've got to treat your players professionally, and yeah, it's got to be. You know what I mean? It's, it's instead so. of being on the road for so long, and you know what I mean, tiredness, and you know, for me, I, I, that just sounds it just sounds so professionally run, and um, and you don't get a bigger you don't get a bigger area than than America and all the states and, and yeah. some of the travelling which is involved, and there's no point spending a day and a half on the road if you don't need to if you can fly to games and it's you know I mean your preparation then can, can look to the next week or you know I mean for me that's perfect yeah. spot on mate um, Reese asked uh, does the MLS and American football need promotion and relegation yeah I think it does I think for it to get to the next level I think it does but there's so many uh so many, it's so much of a business over there. So they're all franchises. So you pay two hundred fifty mil just to get into the MLS. If you see your mm. team can get relegated into the USL, and you're paid all that money, you just like, well, it's a lot of money. But I think for them to get to get as big as maybe as England, and to get a lot more players internationally over, maybe from the UK, and because they got a lot of Mexican, Spanish players, but for them to to get all English players. I think if they did have promotion and relegation, it would make it a lot more interesting because there's so many teams that you look at the MLS and you think we could we could beat them on a Saturday. You know what I mean? They're not they're not that great. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair side for me because I think even even I don't know if you finish bottom of the MLS uh, and you finish top of the USL, uh, you have a playoff game against and the winner takes all. You know what I mean? So you've got an opportunity then to stay in the league. You know what I mean? Because mm. if you finish bottom, you finish bottom for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if if you don't Overseas want to finish bottom, you, 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 league tables don't lie. Well, it depends who you listen to, who you, who, you, who you talk to, but league tables do not lie regardless who you are. Um, yeah. And um, if you finish bottom, you deserve to be bottom. You deserve to have some kind of um, consequence. If that's relegation, so be it. If that's a playoff game against somebody else and it gives you a one-off game and a one-off opportunity to show how good you are and vice yeah. versa for the team who wants to go up because we've always had promotion relegation in, in Europe. You know what I mean, and for the, you know what I mean. It, it's it different, I think. Yeah, I think it's different if the, when the MLS was just coming in because there wasn't as many teams. You know what I mean. Now you, you, there's a host of teams now. You know what I mean. They could they could yeah. even have two two teams now, uh, two divisions now between between them and um, yeah. and go from there. And a lot of them got beat. A lot of them have got B teams as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, yeah, because you, well, you've got you've got yeah. Atlanta have got a B team, haven't they? Who have, who have a big attendance yeah. in the USL and. Um, I yeah. know Stephen Glass is a Steve, well, Stephen, I know Stephen Glass has just gone to the first team to be caretaker manager but Stephen Glass was a um, ex-Newcastle Aberdeen was manager of the, the B team and it, it makes a huge difference when you're getting crowds like 14,000 in that league 
those guys, Keanu is one of them, deserves that opportunity to play MLS. Yeah. If they're, if they're good enough and the team's good enough and, and progress on. Because imagine what the crowds are going to get if they're in the MLS. Yeah. Just adds to adds yeah. to the excitement. You probably get bigger crowds, I would have thought. If you if you're playing yeah, for promotion or you're trying to stay yeah, up. Definitely. Is there a, is there a cup system over there then, uh, Keanu? What would allow USL and MLS yeah, so, to compete? So they have like uh, they do that. Yeah, they They got a version of that over there. Have they? Yeah, but we didn't get to play it this year because obviously yeah, COVID. Yeah. So traveling to different states. The yeah. bubbles and that. So, see that, and they say that, that, that's a, that's for me. That's a, an insight of uh, the difference between the the, the the clubs. And if the USL clubs are, are running quite close with the MLS clubs, for me, give them more of a chance, give them more of an opportunity to see if they can progress further and and, and where they can go. Because it's only fair, you know. I, I look at every other country in the world where um, promotion and relegations there. It's there for a reason to make it make it fair. If you're the best team, you get promoted. If you're the worst team, you go down, get relegated. Yeah. Um, I'm going to combine these two questions. So Gavin asked, um, "What's the biggest stadium in the MLS, and how many does it hold?" And Richie asked, "What's your favourite stadium to play at in the MLS?" Um, I think the I think I think Atlanta Stadium is probably one of the biggest. It is, yeah. stadium, and it costs, it costs about a, stadium. It costs about a billion pounds, isn't it, to, to build? Did it? it? Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous amount yeah, of money. Yeah. Something crazy. Is it called the Mercedes? Uh, the Mercedes Stadium or something? Yeah, I think that goes to about eighty thousand, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe that under because they do quite yeah, a few. Isn't it? Yeah, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Atlanta United. What is it? Atlanta United. Atlanta United, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah it's um, outrageous. And for me, the nicest stadium that I played in over there was probably it was a new one. It was um, Minnesota Stadium. So it's a brand what, new what, what, what made that? What made that so special and so nice? Uh, I think because it was built brand new, we were the first guys to play in it. So we, oh, I played there with the national team. So we played USA there. So we we opened the game there. Quality. So it was packed. It was a packed out stadium. Um, majority was USA fans, but just that experience, obviously playing against those guys and in that stadium, it was it was amazing. Yeah. And th- those kind of things, mate, that nobody can ever take away from you. Kind of those kind of experiences, which is just you know what I mean that yeah. You know what I mean? It's just written in the stars sometimes and meant to be that, you know what I mean? You're playing America yeah. in, a, in a brand new stadium that, that obviously they knew that that was going to be set up um, to, to yeah. host that game. So it was built for that built for that game. But they could have played anybody at that time for that first game. And it just happens that it was yourselves. Yeah. And that's, that's great, though. It's great. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to, uh, to be involved in those kind of games. Absolutely fabulous. Uh, Atlanta holds 73,000 just over. Um, and it cost approximately $500 million to make. Wow. Uh, or it's worth uh, about $500 million, which Ridiculous. is, uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Um, so we'll come back to the questions towards the end. Um, Keanu, who was your, what's your earliest football memory and who was your idol as a kid? Um, I guess football memory probably would be going to a QPR game. Um, that was my first ever professional game I went to with my brother and his best mate I just remember saying my older brother saying to me oh, tickets to a football match we're going to go and then just remember the experience I think I was about I think I was five or six and I still remember it to today went to the game didn't really know what was going on just knew I was in the crowd there was a lot of noise <laughs> and I was just watching a game and I always remember it obviously the QPR I can't remember who they played against but that was that was my earliest 
Uh, do you know what? As well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really really nice stadium. You know what I mean? The Loftus Road is just proper football stadium. Isn't yeah, it? proper one. Yeah, you know it's it's very tight knit to the ground. It's always had a very good atmosphere there. It always seems to be quite yeah. full. You know what I mean? Even as many people live in there. You know what I mean? They've got a good fan base. It's you always see a lot of goals at Loftus Road as well, don't you, kind of? Because uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They either score loads or they used to, and they let loads in now. So it's yeah. a great, it's, they're a great side to talk, to talk about and watch because it's uh, it's great. So was that was that the closest closest team growing up? Was it, or was it, yeah, or was so it certain players? Who, growing up, uh, so um, I think growing up, the closest stadiums to me was QPR, Brentford, yeah. and Fulham. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah QPR. So were you QPR fan? Growing up, not real. Um, no, nah, I'm a Chelsea fan. Growing up, <laughs> <laughs> aim high, tell you, aim high, aim high. Uh, who was your football idols and kind of uh, growing up? So, uh, who was it? Who was it that you wanted to emulate? So, who were you when you were in the garden? Which which player were you? Um, when I was younger, I'd probably say a bit of Zola and Robinho. Ah, oh, so Zola would be like, like footwork on the ball yeah. and then Robinho just the way how he just entertained everyone you know in the stadium yeah, yeah. which is which is great you can, it's, it's like a great mix isn't it you know what I mean and, and, and that kind of question is just so broad and it gives uh, such a different answer from everybody because everybody's different you know like growing up as a Chelsea fan you know I remember playing against Chelsea and you're playing against uh, uh, you know what I mean the, the, the Viales uh, the, the Torandra Flores and you know what I mean? But the Zola for me made them tick. You know, every time he got the ball, he got in those kind of pockets and, and in areas which he he just didn't give the ball away. You know, the size of him, he just yeah. nothing phased him. He not mean to play in Italy at the highest level, to play for your country, your national team, to win all the things that he won. And then they go to Chelsea in the Premier League, which you said earlier on about the English league being physical. It didn't phase him. It didn't phase him one little bit. And you know what I mean? Size doesn't count in football. And you know what I mean? As long as you're good enough and you and you've got the ability and the desire, it's just a. Uh, it's just a, f- a fantastic, a fantastic thing. But now he was a top, top player. Was uh, Gianfranco really, really good player? Yeah, yeah. How did um, how did you kind of get your break as a kid, uh, Keanu? Like, what did you get scouted or kind of just gradually make your way into a, like the academy systems yeah. and stuff like that? So I remember um, playing at. So my older brother played was at Brentford in the academy when he was younger, and. Um, I was I would go down there and watch him train and I just mess around kicking a ball like, in the cage area, and then I remember there was a scout um, down there at the time um, called Mac. His name was Mac, and he was a scout for Chelsea. So he invited me down to come to Chelsea when I was about six. I think I was six, and that was the first club I played for as a as a kid. And I went straight into the academy, wow. and I was there for yeah, well. I was there until I until I went to Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal. So I remember, I remember I, I, I played against Arsenal. I, I, I might be wrong here, by the way, but I'm sure I'm sure it was something on, on the on the lines of was it Senrab Juniors or something like that we played against. Was it is that is that right? Is that, does that ring a bell with anybody? Senrab. Say that again. Sorry. Sen, Senrab Juniors. Uh, we just made that up. I'm re- I'm re- no, I'm re- it, the name rings a bell, but so when when when, when I was younger, it was like a, it was like um like I wasn't like a, a makeshift, but it was like uh, it was like players who, who come through like an Arsenal Academy but they weren't allowed to be called Arsenal so they played in that in that kind of uh, that junior that junior football team and they were oh, they were an unbelievable side very physical played some f- unbelievable football we just couldn't live with teams like that all over the place but no you know yeah. what I mean it was, it was just uh, just great so uh, you said there about going through with Chelsea obviously signed for um, or spent some time at Arsenal as well um, before making yeah. um, a move to Fulham 
um, and obviously you came through the, um, the youth ranks of Fulham. So how important was that for your, your development and your football development? Yeah, I think being at Arsenal was probably vital for football development for me. And a lot of players, like I saw an interview the other day of Luke Aylen saying he yeah. wouldn't be the footballer now if it wasn't for that Arsenal academy because he likes to think he's he's good on the ball, yeah. and he's got all that DNA from Arsenal. And I think I think he's right when you're when you're there from such a young age and they teach you the right way to play, and like the players you play with, it sticks with you forever. I totally agree. And um, no, I enjoyed my time there. I love my time there. I still speak to a few of the guys that I was with um, at the time. And um, I think that was that was important to the way I play football now. So when you uh, when you say there that it's it's it's, it's important the DNA. So uh, just to explain to people, you know what I mean that that you like your sponge, aren't you? You know what I mean. At a young age, you like your sponge. You take everything. Yeah. In, you know what I mean. That that that, um, that you learn your techniques, you learn your skills. You know what I mean. You don't get learned out. You don't get taught how to uh, play in a certain position, play in a certain formation. You're just manipulating the ball. You're playing the ball. You can. Yeah. You're doing your skills, you can do your control, and, you t- and it's just so important to to learn at, at as young age as you can. You know what I mean? Because I've come across loads of players who they've got all they've got they've got these attributes, but they they lack this fundamental thing of of coaching at a young age, and you can just see it from a mile off, and you feel really sorry because you can't turn the clock back. And unfortunately, it's, it it stands out like a sore thumb sometimes. You know what I mean? You can you can have this, this you can have this desire. Um, you can have these aspirations about wanting to play as high as you can for as long as you can, which is great. But you also need talent, and talent talent starts at a young age. And, and talent is not just yeah, the football talent; it's having these knocks and getting back up off the canvas and starting all over again. And it's it's refreshing, mate. You know what I mean? Because obviously, I've been speaking to you for uh, for a while uh, about various things, and just listen to your uh, to your aspirations. It's it's, it's evident for me um, listening to. Um, You've had a really good upbringing, you know what I mean, and and, and the people that you've said there, Luke Aylen, you know what I mean. Like, we do a we do a championship show on a Friday, um, and Luke was in my um, Luke must have made my top two every week, so I didn't, you know what I mean, from his yeah uh, last week, from his, uh, last year he was in from there his all bombing time, on as a fullback to um, yeah. some of the goals he scored, some of the defending he did, you know what I mean. He he, he was just it was outrageous, you know, for a fullback. Um, in the championship yeah. to be to be your best attacking player because that's what he was most of, week in week out for, for Leeds last year he was he yeah. was Leeds United's best attacking player and you know what I mean to to be able to have that but have that have that Arsenal DNA in him um, means that he's he's had the right upbringing you know what I mean and it's then having a, a positive influence now in his career you know what I mean and, and you can't yeah. turn the clock back and you can't change that which is great uh, which is yeah, great um, you obviously started with a and you've had a, a couple of long moves in your career. Um, how yeah. important is loan moves? You know, because I spoke quite uh, positively about them, and, and they were great for me because of various things: game time, experience, being a man playing men's football. You know, I mean, how important was it for you, and what did you learn from them? Yeah, I think it was it was important. I think when I was in America, me and one of my teammates was speaking about, and I was like, I think I was I was seventeen when I made when I went on my first loan move, and I went to MK Dons, and. Um, I was training with Fulham's first team every day. I was travelling with them in squads, uh, on the bench, being on the bench in the squad. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, I can play. I can. I'm ready to play now. Like yeah. that's what I was. That's how confident I was. I was like, I could end for him now. Like I'm better than what what he's doing on the weekend. And um, so I went on my loan move to uh, MK Dons, and I think it was the best thing that happened to me. Like playing football week in week out at such a young age being exposed to different things and I got my first league goal against Brentford at home and then that season got to uh, League One playoff semi-final 
it's so important that you say, you say there and you, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you can see how passionate you are about your first league goal because you remember it and you remember it like it was yesterday which is which is quite sad you know I remember mine it was 20, 20, 27 years ago or something uh, which is it's just it's mad to, to think but you always remember it because it's you get that first break in, in, in football you know that you get those that you get that buzz you know what I mean nothing gets you ready for playing men's football you know what I mean one minute you're playing yeah. in the academy playing in the reserves in front of nobody yeah. and then all of a sudden overnight you're playing in front of a crowd uh in a game which means something, and I mean when I, when I say means yeah. something, there's points at the end of it. You know what I mean? I know that might that might sound stupid to people who listen uh, and watch, but it doesn't in terms of Pontins League. And I go back to that. I, I know it wasn't called Pontins League when you played uh, when, you, when you played if you ever played any reserve games, Keanu. But Pontins League was a reserve league, which just it was it, it was nice to play because I was a young kid and I was playing yeah. against men, but. There was nothing at the end of it. If I won, I think I got a sixteen-pound yeah. bonus, which was great. You know, because it put me wage packet up a little bit. But um, it was it was nothing more than nothing less than, than than that. But it was it was all about yeah. going on loan, playing in front of fifteen, twenty thousand fans, and, and enjoying my football and learning the trade and yeah. learning how to be a man. Most importantly, and I didn't realise that until so I made my debut at uh, I think it was Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday away. Um, it's not a bad game to play. Yeah, and I think I think there was about nineteen and a half thousand fans there. My mum and dad was off in the crowd, my brothers. And I remember the first like started the game, kick to kick off and then I remember dribbling with the ball and uh, someone's come over and just gave me an arm and I went flying. Now, after that, I remember thinking in my head, I was like, well, I'm in I'm in a men's game now. <laughs> and I ended up I ended up getting a sixth minute penalty and then I played well that game, ended up getting a standing ovation from the from the stadium when I come off. Well, which is something that you'll, you'll never, you'll never forget. You'll remember, never, never yeah. forget it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. things like it makes it a proud moment for your parents, for your brother. Um, and if there's if there's places to play and make your debut, by the way, Hillsborough is just is, you know what I mean. As a as a fan, I've been there as a fan. Uh, I played there in a as a as in a in a youth team game. Played them in a reserve game. Played there as first team game. And it's such a such a nice place to play. You know what I mean. The cop behind the goal is just ridiculous. And when it's full of fans, it's just there's no better place to play because they're so passionate as well. And no, yeah. it's a great, great statement to play football. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you had a stint in Wales, mate, as well, um, a bit more recently. Yeah. Uh, how Johnny wants to know if you enjoyed your time at Newport and, more importantly, in, in God's country, uh, in the mighty Wales. What was it like uh, up here, down here? Depending uh, on obviously, I'm still I'm still living in Newport now. So, um, yeah? So I signed there when I left Forest Green. Um, and... To be fair, had a good preseason and brand new team. Um, started off the season, played the first game, and then I think two games in, I picked up a, a muscle injury, which I've never had before in my quad. So, yeah, I was out for about a week. Was it four weeks? Now? I was out for about four weeks with the quad injury. Um, came back into training, played a second game, and it's gone again. I ended up, I was out for about four or five months. So I missed a huge chunk of the season through like these muscle injuries and I would try and come back and then it just kept breaking down, breaking down. I was like, flipping hell, like, what's wrong with it? Like, I'm doing right, my diet's right, I'm doing the right things in the gym and I don't know what, it just kept, it just kept happening, kept breaking down. So I think that was mentally a, a tough part mm. um, at the beginning of the season and then got past January now, was fit. So I finished off the season quite strong, then went into the the Gold Cup with um, Diana. Came back nice and fit, like sharp, full of confidence. 
And um, I remember on my way in first day of pre-season, my mate messaged me and just said, uh, like, before I got into saying, he was like, just so you know, before you get here, like, I was trying to offer up the squad number. And I was like, but no, I ain't even, I ain't even got in yet. Like, he, he couldn't have called mm-hmm. me in the summer, so I've got in there now. Didn't really say anything to me at the beginning. And then um, I just remember saying, oh, can we have a chat? I was like, yeah. And he was like, look, um, if a club comes in for you, like, you're free to go. Um, don't ask for a fee. He was like, you're just not in my plan. So I was like, all right, fair enough. Like, you could have told me this last month so I could have sorted myself out. But yeah, it, that's, it is what it is. Um, clubs ended up coming in for me and then, it wasn't that you could go on a free anymore. It was like, we want a fee kind of thing. So it got into a difficult kind of situation where I ended up saying, look, if you just let me go, we'll leave, shake hands, didn't work out, whatever. Or I'm just going to just gonna sit here and I'm just going to be here and you, and you don't really want me here. So that ended up happening. I ended up just training, training with a team. I got put in the reserves to try and train with the kids try and force me out to go to like the conference and I was like don't want to go to conference I had loan moves to go to a few league clubs just got getting blocked so I ended up just training 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 and then um it got to a point where I was like look, I've had enough of this and that was around six months in I was like look I've had enough of this to myself I just want to get out and play football now so I've gone in had the conversation and said look we can mutually agree to cancel my contract because I want to move on. I don't want to keep doing this anymore. And then it came to the point where, obviously, I got the call from Tim Howard and um, I went over to Memphis. But I want to say, like, the whole experience in Newport's been bad because the birth I had the birth of my daughter when I when I was up in Newport. And I've had some good memories here, so I've met some good people. So yeah. it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I think it's life, life experiences happens but it's made me stronger as a as a person listen i totally agree there's so many so many things what you're saying um just synergies with what with myself but um until you've been in that situation um where you're training on your own or you're training with the reserves or you're training with the kids it's so demoralizing you know what i mean like listen i was i was probably and Si probably knows well Si knows this from just just me being me but i'm so stubborn it's unbelievable and when somebody tells me that i've got to do something well no, I don't have to do something. I'll do it. I'll do it when I want to do it. Um, so I'll dig my heels in. Dig my heels in. I'll dig my heels in even further because you're telling me to do it. Um, sometimes you just want a club to be honest. You know what I mean? You said there about uh, about why didn't the club yeah. just tell me a month before? Uh, we could have shook yeah. hands. Uh, I've got four or five weeks just to, just to look look for myself and um, take my time in making a decision. You know that clubs can be so selfish at times. Uh, well, then to go you know back I mean? on the fee and letting you go for free as well. Yeah, it's like they have they want you, don't they? When it suits them, and as soon as they yeah, decide that, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. but then I I sorry to interrupt you, and as well, um, all right. like whereas Kiana was telling like what had happened then, I was like, agreed with you to tell him the day he was coming back and not tell him a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever before to give him time to sort something out is not great. And then when you go on and they went back on letting you go for free and then they block in loan moves and things like that, it's just, to me, that's just, it's petty. But it's also, like, if you don't want a player, whoever, not just, you know, Newport, whoever, any club, if you don't want a player, let them go. Whether yeah, that's for a fee, 
or for a free you sort that out but don't say one thing do another and hold up a player's career because a footballer's career is it's not the longest career is it so let's just yeah but I, I look at it on the other side as well though you know what I mean there's no point being selfish between the two because Keanu said there he could have easily easily sat on his contract for the rest of his contract and yeah. took the club for every penny of his contract and rightly so by the way because they've offered him it he signed it and you know what I mean if he had the uh, if you want to you know what I mean so uh, for me I think clubs need to be quite fortunate and lucky that, that, that they come across sometimes some nice players who just want to go and play you know what I mean there's nothing yeah. worse than not playing there's nothing worse than playing with the kids and playing with the reserves and, yeah. and playing in these meaningless games and doing all this rubbish stuff what you don't want to do and and seeing the first team train and not being in the squad on a Saturday, you know, there's no there's no worse position as a footballer than being on a Saturday not not and not playing the game or you know what I mean watching. You know, I love Jeff Stelling, you know what I mean, and, and I've become friends with him, which is great. But I used to hate watching him on a Saturday afternoon when my team was playing because hmm. you know what I mean. I, I wanted to be out there, and, I, and when my team scored, I'd be disappointed because I was jealous that I wasn't out there. And when the, and you know what I mean, and when they, they give a goal away, I was gutted as well because I wasn't. I wasn't there to help out. You know, what I mean, I felt guilty both ways that I, I, I couldn't be where I wanted to be, and I just think clubs have a, have a responsibility towards players, like players have a responsibility towards clubs that you know, what I mean, just help each other out because it's not easy. It's it's a, it's a difficult situation for everybody. So you know, what I mean, for me, just let players go and play, and if players are in your plans, then utilize them as well. Spot on, mate. Spot on. I uh, I'll be waiting for Jeff Stalin to be sat across from us then on one Monday, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was, I was looking for the moment where uh, where he was going to leave Sky because I think that was touch and go um, yeah. when when all the lads left. So I think uh, we would have had a better opportunity then. Yeah, tricky one to get. Yeah, let's see. Um, what was it like playing in the Gold Cup, uh, Keanu? That must have been incredible. Yeah, it was a uh, whole experience itself. It was probably one of the best I've experienced in football. Um, to share that with uh, like friends that I grew up playing yeah. with, and uh, just to experience it on a national, on an international level, it was it was one thing I always remember. It was it was, it was great and a great experience. Um, one question I want to ask you, Keanu, is uh, obviously you came through the ranks with England. You played for the 16s yeah. and 17s. You played for England C. So when was the moment that you decided then to change change your international roots? And was that um, personally just to get some? First team recognition and, and 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 to play at the level you played at. Uh, I think it, it got to the point where um, I remember being at England under I think seventeens played a few games there, and then um, I'm still late, mate. I can hear you, don't worry. Yeah, so yeah, I remember playing England under seventeens, and then um, I used to be a right, so I used to play right back coming up. When I was at Fulham, I used to play right back, back right wing. Like Cafu, bombing on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was always just bombing on. So playing for England under 16, 17s, I was always playing right back. And then um, as I got older in Fulham, I moved forward into a winger. So I spoke to the national team coach at the time, which was, I think it was John Peacock and Kenny Swain. And he was like, look, we want you in a team, but we want to play right back but you're not playing there and we got someone else playing in the position you're playing in now and I was like well it was one of those things I spoke when I was speaking to Fulham and I was like nah we want to we want to push you on and we see you getting into the first team in this position so it was one of them ones so after a while 
I think I played a few more games with England under-17s and then I didn't really get called back into another into another squad just because of the position I was playing in. Even though I was getting put into the first team of Fulham and there was other guys that wasn't, they wanted someone playing in that position, you know. Um, and then and after playing England C, that was enjoyable because I got another call out to play for England when I was older. I was always excited and proud to put on the shirt no matter what, what level it was. And then it got to a point where I've had a few calls from Guyana and I was like, at the time, I was like, mm, the team's not, I don't really know anyone in the team. I don't want to go there and just, I don't want to be losing. I don't want to go somewhere and lose. I want to go somewhere and compete. Yeah. So I said, I remember speaking to the recruitment and I was like, if you get like a good enough team together, um, then obviously I'll consider it. So I remember my older brother played for them before me. And he was like, "Key, like you would enjoy it. The team's building. It's gonna on the road to get more players, international based players to come in and play for the country, and we're gonna do well." So I was like, "Look, okay, I, I commit to it." So I got called into a squad in March, and I think it's probably the best thing I've ever done. Um, that was a so, qualifying game. My my next my, ne- my next question was gonna say you just answered it there, by the way. So I, I will ask it anyway. Uh, so no regrets, yeah. then, I'm guessing about 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 changing alliances. Nah, no regrets. Obviously, growing up, I always had that dream, oh, I want to play for England. Yeah. And when I was at Fulham, I was thinking, if I get to the first team, which I, at the time I thought I could get into the first team and play a few games. And the manager at the time I had there was Roy Hodgson. And in football, I'd say he was kind of like a, a father figure because he took me under his ring. He'd always give me yeah. advice, always speak to him, like one of the best coaches I've had. And... Um, if I'd got into the like Fulham first team, the way things worked out, <laughs> he ended up going into the England national team. You never know; I could have got a call up. Yeah, totally agree. But that's life. I think you you always think, what if, what if, what could happen? But I, I don't regret playing for Guyana. I've, I've enjoyed every moment and every minute of playing. Yeah. No, well, man, I was just about to say, you know, what I mean, for me, you've made the right decision. You know, what I mean, to achieve what you've achieved uh, with the country that you're playing for, um, and what's around the corner with the games that are coming up. You know, what I mean, for me. I go and smash it and go and uh, uh, go and take it all in your stride because that's that's what it's about. It's about making memories. It's about making uh, yeah. just not just for yourself, for your family, and for other people. You know that there's, you know, what I mean, you've got those for the fans. Uh, yeah, you've got those recollections of the fans. Uh, last time you qualified for the Gold Cup, so why can't it happen again and be bigger and better? You know, so for me, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's the future's future's bright. Um, one thing, obviously, I, I spoke about at the start. You know, what I mean, I, um, obviously Wembley. Um, you know, what I mean, you just said there about about about. Uh, Wanting to play for England and and things, so yeah. how proud of a moment when was it to uh, to step out of Wembley just to play at Wembley before we go on about um, that goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I remember we done a stadium tour the day before the game, and I was like, I could see Wembley from my house where I grew up, and yeah. as a kid, I was like, one day I want to play Wembley, and then I remember we we uh, we beat. I think it was Dover in the, the semi-finals. And we all realised we were going to Wembley, and then walking out there on a match day, I was like, "Wow!" Like played against Grimsby in the final. They had a, they brought a lot of fans down, um, and it was just it was a great experience. I think I probably had one of the best games of my career on that day, even though we lost in that final. I think that was one of the best games. Just 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 save your save your best games for big occasions. I like it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the goal then, because the you know what I mean. Listen, 
to score any goal is is great, but to score a goal that you scored in that in that, in, in that game on that stage, you know what I mean, on that pitch in that surroundings is just um, outrageous. You know what I mean? To, to what, what what was going through your mind when you got the ball? Because you know what I mean. To if you're if you're probably an opposition manager, player, coach, goalkeeper, you're probably thinking, yeah, hit hit it, go on, I dare yeah. you. You know what I mean? And you did, and then the rest is history, so to speak. So. Um... I would like to think that my long range shooting is kind of like a like a speciality that I've got, but so keepers wouldn't expect it, like, yeah. like the pop shot, because I don't really get a lot of back lift on it. So um, in the first half, I remember I tried two before one hit post, and then one got deflected, and my striker, I think John Parking at the time, nearly tapped it in. Um, so I just remember we was losing the game, and I just. I, I don't know what was going through my mind, but all I could keep thinking was like, I need to try and win this game for my team, or what can I do to to win this game for my team? That's that's the mentality I had at the time. Yeah. So I just remember looking over my shoulder. I knew where the goal was. I knew where the goal was, and um, I just like touch on my feet and just hit. And the ball came to me, caught in a pocket. I remember opened up. I didn't even look up at the time. I was just looking down at the ball, and I've just I've just hit it, and it flew in the top corner. How did you feel? Was, How did you feel? Gotcha. At the time, I was like, "What a finish?" In my head, I was thinking, "What a finish!" And then I was like, <laughs> "In my what? head, watching it today, I'm thinking, what a finish!'" <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "We got 15 minutes left. Like, we could get, we could win this." That was the first thing that I thought about. We could win this final, being two-one down. That like, we win this. And to be honest, we should have, we should have won the game. We had chances at the end, and then unfortunately, we didn't win it that year. But and going back there the year after, the season after, and we won it. How dis how disappointed were you to to lose it? You know what I mean? Was it was it uh, was it a burden on yourself? Did you take it? Uh, did you take it tough, or did you or did the goal help get over the the, the defeat? Um, difficult one, difficult one. I know. Oh, it was a difficult one. Yeah, I always remember the goal. I was thinking, I always remember the goal. Now I think, yeah, that like that was that was the best goal I've scored in my career, but. I remember this that season going into the season after it played on my mind the whole season. Like I remember playing on my mind like we lost in the final. I remember seeing Grimsby going up playing in the league and I'm like, yeah. they, they beat us. And then that whole season just played on me. I was like I remember that interview after the game and I said like we will be back here next year and we will win. And we ended up going back there, going back there and we won. We beat Tranmere in the final, we went up. So um which 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 one was best then, the defeat by scoring the worldy goal or the promotion? That's, that's, that's an awful question, by the way. What an yeah. awful question that is. Cheers. I Ant. think nothing nothing getting <laughs> getting promoted, but nothing personally getting promoted. But I think yeah, but I think scoring a goal in Wembley, yeah, yeah, like, especially that yeah. goal was. I think was I, 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 I know from my obviously my own experiences that. The calibre of your goal deserved to win any game. I know people say that as a, as a cliche, but if anybody hasn't seen it, I put it on Twitter this morning and uh, it deserves to win five games, never mind just one. But um, but yeah, you mentioned there about uh, about John Parkin. Obviously, Parky's I know, I've known Parky for uh, for a number of years. How he played for Cardiff City. Uh, how pleasing, yeah. um, how pleasing or easy was he to play with, with the way that he played? Yeah, like obviously he played with him the whole season and, he was, they called, he called him the beast. Yeah. 
But he was so easy to play. He's a with. beast and like, more, I think, and he's a beast and more. Yeah. But yeah, he's like people look boy. at him and think he's just he's just a big guy, but he was so good with his feet. Yeah. Um, like it's me playing with him. He was so easy to play with and probably one of the funniest guys. I lived with him for a bit, like in the house and he was a funny funny guy, yeah. Do you find that do you find that disrespectful what people say about about, about players and have you ever came across it yourself that um people say probably unfair things about yourself that um because you've got pace people probably then think that um i don't know let's say you're offside all the time i'm not saying you are i'm just saying you know yeah. I mean, where people say about parky that he's a big lad he should be winning more headers or he's not as good not as good touch you know that i think people were disrespectful about me at times you know what i mean say because uh, i was a slight figure of a of a i was going to call myself a man then but probably a mouse uh but um i think it's, sometimes people can be a little bit disrespectful can't they yeah, I think I've yeah kind of come across that a bit. People think, like you said, like he might be offside or because he's got pace to put him behind him and get after it. And like same with Parky, I think because he was because he was a big guy, they just thought he should be winning flick-ons or he should be bullying his defender or doing that, doing something that. But um, nah, I, I just I think it's different. I think when you look into it deeper, obviously you get to know what the player can actually do. But, you mentioned there. You mentioned something about, something about offside there. Well, I've uh, I've had this. Uh, I used to say the same thing, and I said uh, said a few times. I'd always blame the midfielders and the defenders that don't they're not don't pass it quick enough. You know what I mean? For me, it's yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? If they were a little bit quicker up there, then you'd you'd yeah. match me with my feet because you know what I mean. And yeah. and and when when people say oh, radio or newspaper, it wasn't social media back in the day when I played, but it was like uh, yeah, Andy Campbell offside again. Well, no, it was they weren't as quick as I was. You know what I mean? Thinking mentally, yeah. so. I always got away with it yeah. like that. I was offside, Lord, but it is what it is, isn't it? That's true. I agree. I do agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> right, we're going to finish. Uh, we're going to finish kind of with um, uh, some questions from the live chat, and then I've got a question to finish. Uh, so, okay. Si, where where are we? Can you see them, or do you want yeah, to me um, some? Yeah, no, I've got I got them at the moment because um, <laughs> everything was going so smoothly. Something had to happen, didn't it? I know. Um, I've got some derogatory comments on the uh, on the on the group chat saying that I'm still doing it now. All those offside. Thanks, Steve. Love that. Um, yeah, that's it. My dad, my dad did. My dad had a question for. Uh, uh, for right, I got some up. So yeah, go on. You got, have you got? Have you got your dad's up there now? Uh, well, my dad's. My dad's given the question, Keanu. So it says, um, "Have you got any plans uh, for when you finish playing, and what do you want to do?" I know that's obviously a long way away, and obviously we had a conversation about quite a similar thing, by the way. So I haven't been giving my dad yeah. some uh, questions to give you, by the way. But have you ever thought about what the future holds past football? Um, I've well, like the well, not what I'd like, but well, I was already in the process of doing a few things on my own, like a business, like a clothing line. I know everyone does it, but something of as a passion of mine, like fashion, nice. I'm into fashion and a lot of art, so something I'd want to get into. You might be able to give me inside, you might be able to give me inside some advice. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, like no, that, I think right? a, a bit, a bit in football. I, I would like to stay in football, but I don't know what I want to do. What I want to do in football after playing it and having the good side and the bad side. I don't know what I would want to do. I don't think I want to be in that coaching, that coaching role. But I'd like to do something in the doggy dog. Right? Well, yeah, well, I, I always said that, and I, and, I, and I fell, I fell, I fell into management, uh, part time, semi professional football, part time football, um, and. To be honest, I nearly fell out of love with whole football because of it. Because it, I just, I was just, it was a full time job in semi professional football, and it was just a pain in the backside. And 
so much pressure yeah. for so little reward and it was just you know what I mean if that's what people have got to go through in order to get where they need to be it was too much of a the ladders was yeah. never ending I think it was like the Empire State Building and I was on a little mini ladder and it was just going to take me yeah. three years to get where I, where I even wanted to start and it was just and that's if you're yeah. successful all of the time it's so so hard so hard uh, we've got a question oh, from Don uh, I know it is mate yeah uh, we've got a question from Donna Perry. Um, do you think, I'll rephrase it, because she said, uh, do you think soccer will ever become more popular in America than American football? Um, no, I don't think it will be. Why is that? Is that, is that because of um, how big structurally it is? Um, yeah, I just think how finance, uh, the, finance, the amount of money is pumped in there. Um, and I think... I think if you had promotion relegation more to play for, I think you'd get more viewers. But I think the way with like American football, are you talking about American football, or football in it over here? Um, well, b- well, both. So compare uh, uh, soccer to American football. Oh. oh, so yeah, I think you know you've got like the Super Bowl, yeah, and all those kind of, uh, and and you've got like college football over there. One thing, like I was speaking to a few of the guys, and like the college football over there, they're getting fans of like forty, fifty, sixty thousand people. Like, yeah, it's mental on that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the and, and, like, and that's the, and that's the difference, isn't it? You know that 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 everyone, everyone, however age, however old you are, you know what I mean. You know uh, the Miami Dolphins, you know the Super Bowl, you know what I mean. You see the yeah. amount of people watching it live, you know what I mean. In in in, in the Rose Bowl, for example, or you watch it live um, at midnight when it used to be on Channel Four, you know what I mean. And it was just yeah. it was absolutely ridiculously big, and still is now. It's grown to another level. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And that's because of um, sponsorship, the size of clubs, the money invested in things, and it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And yeah, and I think it needs to continue. And if it continues, it will help grow soccer. I I, I think it it won't have a negative impact. I think it'll have a it'll have a positive impact because clubs could um, could interlink. They could obviously can play at the same stadium, so it can have a positive impact on things yeah. like that because the facilities, I'm guessing, are second to none and unbelievable. So it, it, it's uh, it, it's all good. Um, we've got a question from Richie Thomas, um, and Richie said, um, "Is the uh, is the academy set up in America um, for soccer? Is that the same as it was back in the UK when you were at like Fulham?" Uh, no, so that's one thing I think they really need to get better at. They're starting to do the process, and you've got some clubs that do have a proper academy set up and structure, but a lot of the teams over there don't really have a a proper academy set up. Yeah. So that's why you you don't really see a lot of homegrown more kids yeah. breaking through into the first team. You see the odd one every now and then. But So what needs to change then? Or what, do, what, do they need, what do they need to do? I think because it's so business orientated, they just focused on the franchise, yeah. my team, the MLS, and that's it. They just focused on the MLS, MLS. Mm-hmm. I think for them, for clubs to get to get better and have more of a community and bring more fans, they got to have that infrastructure of having an academy. Because if you get seven, eight players that make it through to the first team through in, yeah. an, in say, the Miami area, you're going to yeah. get hundreds of kids wanting to do the same, but yeah. then you're going to get thousands totally of fans wanting to follow you. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm going to show uh, me age here. Yeah. Um, so how are you going to find the next Alexi Lalas, uh, John Harkes, Roy Wegley, Landon Donovan, uh, Brad Guzan, uh, John, uh, 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 Tim Howard. How are you going to find the next American superstars if yeah. if they're not if they're not doing if they're not training they're not they're not playing competitive games they're not they're not building them through you know that the people have to yeah. go overseas to go and play you know what I mean and, and it's difficult you know what I mean I know 
Um, we were talking um, the other day um, about uh, his American player plays for Borussia Dortmund, uh, or his dad used to be an American player, American soccer, um, and uh, it's so it's so important to uh, to have people going back to make the, making the the full squad strong. You know what I mean? But you've got to have yeah. for me structurally things right in place. If that's having um, three players under twenty year old, all American. Playing for, your, playing, yeah. playing for your clubs, you know. What I mean, there's got to be something. You know, what I mean, I, I've I've been a big um, a, a big advocate of when I played in Scottish football. Um, at the time, there was uh, five players in, in the in the in the squad at Scotland, in Scotland had to be um, born in Scotland. So you know what I mean. So the the, the, the squads and the and the things were built. You know what I mean uh, in terms of around that. You know what I mean. Even Celtic yeah. had the Sean Maloney's, the Scott Browns, all these kind of players. You know, Rangers had to adapt. Uh, I was playing for Dunfermline at the time. They had to adapt and have younger players, but you still need to be competitive. Still want to try and win things. But the only way forward is, is by is by implementing those kind of things in place. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Which is which is important. Um, I think that's. Oh, hang on, I might have another one. The, the biggest issue US soccer faces is away fans. Oh, that's the thing. So when you obviously when you when you do play away, then so do you get many people following uh, for away games? Was is it is there much away travel for for, for fans? Do fans um, travel all the way to to watch you play. So obviously for the first game we wasn't a pandemic, so we experienced the full like how the season was, and um, we played uh, in the eleven away at home. So they travelled with their fans. I think they brought about I think they brought about four four thousand fans. Jesus, that's, yeah. that's that's impressive. I thought you were going to say like four fans. Yeah. Because I thought, yeah, that's, that's yeah. They bought about four thousand, and um, <laughs> yeah, they would have either, they would have, they would have flown over. So yeah, yeah, with the team, yeah. So the support system over there is so much bigger than you'd see in like League One, League Two. Mm-hmm. But you just and said there, you said that you said four thousand fans coming away from away from home from away travel. That's bigger than yeah. probably 80 percent of attendances alone in League One and League Two. You know what I mean in the minute. Yeah. So well, yeah. probably before pre-COVID. So yeah, for me, it shows how big the potential it's got in the US um, and overseas. Yeah. And that's you know, I mean, that's, that can only be good for uh, for the football and entice people over there to play, which is which is absolutely great. Um, I think, um, Sai, unless you've got any more questions, I was I was able to hear most of it. Um, I just couldn't talk. <laughs> uh, I think Gaz asked the the weekly question of uh, who's the who's the biggest knobhead you've met in football um i've seen that one earlier yeah. which you know is is um, uh is what it is i suppose uh, if there's no which sticks out you know it probably is. probably um stephen gleason who i'm dead on is there a story behind that or are we just like gonna that. leave it at uh leave it at the name I just remember like playing. I just remember playing a game. We played in the semi-final against Peterborough. <laughs> we was losing two-one, and then um, I've dribbled down the side of the pitch, crossed it, got a corner, and then he's he started having a go at me to pass in the ball, and I was like, we, like we've gone off on one, like had a little argument, and he's kept going at the end of the game, and I was like, after that, I was like you're an army. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just teammates for you, isn't it? It's just yeah, it's just uh, baffles me. Yeah. Baffles me. Baffles me. Um, Right, so um, what does the future hold for KMB? So what does the future hold? Um, so obviously, I know obviously we've been uh, we've been talking and uh, and we're going to continue to talk and we're gonna we're gonna try and um, 
going to help you achieve your footballing dream because I know you've uh, you've just obviously yeah. signed with Black Diamond Sports, which is great and obviously fantastic news for the company. Um, but what's your what's your career ambition and, and goals for the rest of your career? Um, just to try and get to the highest level as possible, whether that's in the UK or playing abroad again, going abroad. To, I want to be playing at a high level, high standard, and I want to play for things and try and win things, you know? Yeah. I want to compete with the best and the top and um, just have no regrets in what I'm doing. Which is for me is just a it's just a, an unbelievable way to finish side for me because it just shows um, it, it, it just it just shows you know what I mean that, that achieve achieve what you can achieve out out, out the game and out, and have and have goals which are set high you know what I mean I look at um, we've had this conversation and I'm not some, not something I, I haven't said to him previously about um, I, I feel as though people like Keanu have earned the stripe side you know what I mean and, and people who've who've watched will, will, will probably back me up in the in the, in the chat and uh, you know what I mean that he's um, he's learned the hard way, you know what I mean. He's had knocks and knocks and knocks, and, and had some good times along the way, you know what I mean. He's had some really, really highs, um, but you've had some really, really lows as well, you know what I mean. And, and, and to and to have, have those lows and still come back and still wanting to achieve yeah. more from the game is is a credit to you, you know. That um, I did um, I did a, a really interesting show with Sai on Sunday. Um, I know somebody put a comment in the group chat. Uh, it might have been Gaz um, that nobody understands. Uh, how, how high, how high the highs are in football, but but the lows sometimes are just outrageous, and it, 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 it hits you really hard. You know what I mean? And, and it's hard to it's hard to explain. You know, I, I think sometimes I, I get lost in the moment, and I'm trying to explain things. But you know what I mean? I, I used to love that uh, uncertainty of winning and losing because it's just a game. But sometimes football is more than that. You know what I mean? When you have a really bad game, or you've got things on your mind, and it, and something happens within just just craziness of of the game, it's just, it's just, but no, for me, achieve your dream, and I'm sure, well, I know, I know things are going to, are going to take off, uh, unbelievably well, for KMB9, and uh, for me, watch this space, watch this space, because I think there's uh, something good, something good going to happen. 100%, mate, I completely one thing, agree with that. One thing, I, one thing I will, I will, I, and I've just tried, I've just tried to do the maths there, but, um, was, 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 was Chrissy Barker at, at Forest Green when you were there? Was he a youth team manager when you were yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I remember, um, so I played against him when he was at Aldershot. He's a good amazing Because he, he was left back and I was like, <laughs> I remember playing one time against him and I was like, I couldn't get past him. I was like, I couldn't get past him. Yeah, he's, a big, he's a big lad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why can't I get past him? Like, he was, he was quite, he was just always there. And then, um, and then we had another game against him and I ripped him to shreds and then the next time I saw him, I saw him at Forest Green. So um, <laughs> the year the year I that I was coming to the end of my contract at Forest Green, I saw him quite a bit at this. He was in and around the stadium with the youth team coach, and and he was a, he was a great guy, good guy. Yeah, yeah, good top guy. top fella, yeah, top yeah. fella. And you know, he's top made guy. he makes and 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 just that story alone is great because he makes so many impressions on people, and, and that kind of impression. And I just so wish that he, he knew those kind of stories because you know, I mean, yeah. things would have been a hell of a lot different. I know that. Uh, but no, it's just, it's, it's great because he was that, he was that kind of guy, you know. That, and you know what? He'll come off that pitch after being ripped up by you, and, and just it'll just it'll just laugh about it because that's just the way he was. That you know what yeah. I mean? If he played well, he yeah. didn't play well. He didn't really have a care in the world, and that's just the the, the, the kind of person he was. But no, what a fitting way to finish, that, I think. Spot on, mate. Um, you can check out our episode of uh, with Andy Mental Health and Sport episode two. Uh, it came out yesterday. It's available everywhere: Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. Um, 
next week we've got day, next Sunday, eight o'clock, David Cottrell. We're also uh, rebranding the Kevin McNaughton show to Kevin McNaughton Unscripted Uncensored because we were having some problems with uh, the clips which people were sending. They kept getting copyright strikes on YouTube. So I didn't want to do that. So we switched it up so you can start sending questions on anything. It doesn't have to be football related. So you might hear Kevin McNaughton talking politics. You never know. Um, of course, uh, we got loads of loads of top shows and guests coming most uh excitingly the championship show on friday mate with cardiff city picking up a win on the weekend i look forward to talking about that and uh, oh, of sorry, course, sorry. all the signings a quick well done to uh charlotte potts because uh we had charlotte on the show on friday yeah how did she get on the one two one uh against spartans on uh it was yesterday yeah sunday yeah so yeah so well done to her awesome. and a hibernian ladies uh indeed Fantastic. That's good to hear, mate. It's good to hear. Hopefully, yeah, the guests' form will now continue as uh, <laughs> yeah. they all just keep winning. All because of us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever. And, of course, Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show. Uh, Keanu, thank you for joining us, mate. Thank you for yeah. your time. Appreciate it massively, mate. Hello. I know Appreciate you're, uh, you're jet, jet lagged. Jet lagged, but you've had a, a good chat with us. And, of course... Thank you to everyone who's watched, tuned in, commented, liked. Couldn't do it without you guys. Appreciate it. Spread the word. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, we'll see you Friday, 7 o'clock, for the Championship Show. And we'll be back next Monday with another top guest from the football world. Until then, have a good week. Cheers, guys. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.